I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hello everyone we're David and Lynn Weeder, and this is the Covenant Living Broadcast. And if you had any doubt whatsoever, I'm David, and she's <laughs> Lynn. She's the better looking one by far, just in case there was, you know, I just wanted to make that abundantly clear. So anyway, we're glad you joined us today. We're going to have a good, rich time in the Word as usual. We're going to dig around and, and uh, study the Word on the significance of saying as a part of the operation of the law of faith. Doesn't that sound exciting? All right, yeah, see, you're going to like it. First of all, though, we're going to have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this, another opportunity to teach and preach your word. We are so grateful, so honored, so thankful, so very, very thankful that we have this opportunity that you have provided it for us, we're asking you to reveal to each and every person what you would have them learn and have them understand from these broadcasts concerning the operational principles of the kingdom of God, the finance laws of the kingdom. You want your children blessed. You want them wealthy. You want them rich. You even said in your word that you give us all things richly to enjoy. Glory to God. We thank you for that. Of course you do. You're a loving father. You want the best for your children. And we thank you and praise you for teaching us the laws and principles to work with you to that end. And we know that it takes faith for that's what pleases you. And your word says that you have pleasure in the prosperity of your children. So the two have to work together. Thank you for showing us how in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 <clears throat> you got your cup? All right. You got your notebook? Okay. You got to have your Bible. The notebook's optional. Bible's not. Now, okay, you gotta, you know, you gotta put your eyes on these things. So even if you're driving and listening to this, okay, don't be trying to read while you drive. But 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 make a point to go back and listen to it later, where you can look at these things. And that includes on a device. Yes, you absolutely. can read it on a device. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. You, know. you can. Hey, your device messed up here. One of these broadcasts. I had to save you with the paper version. It was pretty rare. <laughs> and it makes it where you can have it with you all the time. If you're in a long line someplace, Absolutely. you can pull up the app and read. Yeah, I'm not against devices. Don't Just calm down, calm down. You can keep your device. I actually enjoy the device from a Bible study because oh, you got all kinds of translations. translations. Man, and I got my... My Strong's Concordance on there, and I can flip through Greek and, and Hebrew, and depending on the covenant, and this translation and that translation, and 
I just, I just preached used my own to, self We had happy. to have a stack of books this high <laughs> yes. to have all of that, which we did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we're going to start off in Mark 11, 23. Well, 22, 23, 24. You know, you know the drill. Your Bible should, <clears throat> if it's like mine, just kind of flop open there. And so we're looking at faith. And we're going to narrow down a very specific area of faith for this broadcast. Verse 22 of Mark chapter 11, Jesus answering his disciples when they were asking him about this whole deal that took place with the fig tree. He said, have faith in God. <clears throat> Excuse me. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, well, there's a belief, that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. We got three says, we got one belief. Mm -hmm. So obviously in this master mm. teaching of faith, the saying is intricately connected and part of the law of faith as Romans 3 describes it. So now go with me over to Romans chapter 10 and we're going to see this same thing said a different direction and we, we recognize that Romans chapter 10, glory to God, is the wonderful, wonderful salvation scripture but it's more than that. It's, it's, all about, it's all about faith. <laughs> it really is. As a matter of fact, uh, Romans chapter 10, and we'll just start in verse 6, but the righteousness which is of faith, okay? So we're right off the bat, we're talking about faith, speaks on this wise, say not in your heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. That's not necessary. It's already, he's already done it once and for all. But what saith it? So right here we're talking about faith saying. <laughs> the righteousness, which is of faith, says the word. Now we got the word. <laughs> the word is nigh you even in your mouth. mouth. It's in your mouth and in your heart. There you got it. You got the believing and you got the saying. The word is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Paul preached it. Jesus preached You don't think Paul preached something Jesus didn't preach, did you? Now come on. Don't be ridiculous. Jesus preached it, Paul preached it, we preach it. Our fathers in the faith preached it. That, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess, what's confessing? Saying, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, or Jesus is Lord, and shall believe in your heart, heart and mouth, that God has raised him from the dead, thou shall be saved. All right, now, look at this next verse. Four. Now, I don't know how many English majors I may have out there or not, but you can replace that word for with the word because. It's just common English. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not springing anything new <laughs> on you here, okay? You can check it out. Look at what he's saying. 
This is how you get born again, that if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, or Jesus is Lord, and shalt believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Because, because, with the heart, man believes unto rightness, right, righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Okay, let me, let me give you the weeder translation of this, okay? It's accurate. It's accurate. This is how you get born again because this is how the system works. Everything works in the kingdom of God. You believe it in your heart. You say it with your mouth and salvation is produced. Asterisk, you know this if you've watched any of our broadcasts. Salvation is the entire salvation package. If you look up, the Greek people have no problem with this. <laughs> but when they translated it salvation into King James, all of a sudden people got religious about it. Salvation means protection. It means deliverance. It means healing. And one of the descriptions is to do well. You, 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 you use that. You use that expression in everyday life. Well, this is everyday living. People just try to make something weird out of it because of religion. But, you know, you talk about, you know, well, how's cousin so-and-so? Well, he's doing well. Mm -hmm. What's he talking about? Money. Well, and I mean, that could also be health because, mm -hmm. yeah. all right, with the sickness that has been advertised so much, and if somebody's been around it and you say, well, how are they doing? Well, they're doing well, mm -hmm. which means they're healthy. Absolutely. Or on Absolutely. their road to recovery. Absolutely. But I really wanted to, I really want to stress the part because what are we, what have we been talking about? Financial exemption is part of your salvation package. You know, how, how's Sam Welton's, Ham's, <laughs> how is Sam Welton's family doing? Oh, they're doing quite well. Yeah. They mean they're rich. <laughs> okay. They got money, houses, things. Things is not a dirty word. Rich is not a dirty word. Both of them are found in the scripture. Okay. Yeah. It's not money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money. Absolutely. And people can have the love of money without owning anything. And Romans 10, 10 is basically a, a rephrasing of the teaching that Jesus did in Mark 11. This is how the system works. You believe it in your heart, you say it with your mouth. You've got to say it. Saying cannot be separated from the operation of faith. Now, words, I don't know why, but people have a really hard time grasping the concept that words make a difference. Oh, what difference does it matter what I say? Well, and part of that is because most people don't want to be held responsible for every word that comes out their mouth. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> Let's look over at Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 34. O generation of vipers, 
How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You cannot help it. You know, my spiritual father, Brother Kenneth Copeland, has said for years and decades and decades, if you just let somebody talk long enough, you're going to find out what they really believe because it'll slip out their mouth. (laughs) And so out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. How? He speaks them. He just said that. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. How? He talks them. He just said that. But listen to what Jesus said. The master himself. But I say unto you that every idle word. That word idle means inoperative. Just saying it because it's something to say. Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account, therefore, in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. He did not mince words there. Well, and when you think about idle words, those are words that you didn't need to say, but you just felt like you had to. And it's interesting being around people and listening to them. Like you said, what they believe will just slip out. And the idle words, those that are just said in passing and stuff, usually you can tell real quick where somebody is. Yeah, and and Satan knows this law. It's no coincidence that pop culture has always tended towards the negative, condemnation. As long as, I mean, you know, even even good old country boys, you know, out working on the car or whatever, if they, they, the the wrench slips and they skin their knuckles, they don't say, I'll be blessed. Uh, No, the whole culture has been turned and spinned and the opposite has become the norm and it's it's just something they say and but one of the you know people rank curse words mm-hmm. and cussing and the one that they usually rank at the top sh- really even shouldn't one, the worst thing you can say in your entire life is well I'll be damned You just used your words to condemn yourself, to damn yourself. And then three weeks later, you have a car wreck and you don't put the two together. Well, and what would people think if you went around when something happened, you said, I'll be blessed. They'd think you were a fanatic. Yeah, I don't want to sound weird. Well, how how does the other sound to God's ear? Who are you offending? He died, sent his son to die to, so that you could be blessed and you go around saying the opposite of it. Now, um, I wouldn't be doing that if I were you anymore because now you know. Well, and even without the curse words, when 
somebody drops something working on the car, like, man, I always do that. Mm -hmm. Well, what about mm -hmm. if something's going well? Do you say, man, that always happens to me? Yeah, or or even I mean you 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 want to use your words on purpose because remember Mark eleven twenty three you will have what you say. So how about when you drop something you say, well you know what <laughs> that's shocking because that just never happens to me. You just turn it around. Well well, but it does happen to me all the time. Okay, there wasn't an earth when Jesus said earth be. It became. So use your words to frame your world. You want a different picture in your world, you use your words to change that picture. Yeah, it goes back right straight back to uh, Hebrews chapter 11 where it talked about the worlds were framed. By faith we know that God framed the worlds. Well, frame your world with your words on purpose. Let the weak say, I, I am, am strong. strong. Let the poor say, I, I am rich. rich. That's scripture. That is scripture. Rich is in the Bible as a positive. <laughs> and it didn't say when the weak get strong, then they can thank me for being strong. Yeah, absolutely. It says, let them say it. That's what changes it to strength. The poor Say, that's what will change it to rich. Now, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, even though I don't need any more witness than the master himself saying how important words are, but let's go over to Proverbs. Are you there yet? Okay. Let's go over to Proverbs uh, chapter 18. Let's switch swords. I am there. Are you there? Okay. Proverbs 18, 21. 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now that is pretty clear, but I want to read it also in the classic Amplified. Oh, i got to scroll, scroll, scroll. 21. Oop. There we go. Now, listen to the way the, the, the classic version of the Amplified Bible says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. So if you indulge, I like the way it says indulge. that, because you don't have to say death words. You don't have to say defeated negative words. You don't have to say poverty embalmed <laughs> words. You just indulge yourself and allow your tongue to say whatever the people around you are saying. No, no. Make the decision. Make the choice. I will say life words. I will say prosperity words. I will say health words. I will say rich words. And they will frame my world. Okay. Now, the next witness. Let's go to Isaiah chapter. Read my own writing. Isaiah. Chapter 48. If it's not 48, we're going back to 41. <laughs> Isaiah 
chapter 48 and, uh-oh. 41, yep. Mental note, make clear notes. <laughs> <laughs> you flip so much faster than I do. It's the, it's the technology thing. Okay. Isaiah 41, verse 15. Behold, I will make thee a new sharp threshing instrument. Then now we're talking harvest. Now we're talking harvesting equipment, <laughs> harvesting uh, machines. A new sharp threshing instrument having teeth. And with that instrument having teeth, you shall thresh the mountains and beat them small and shall make the hills as chaff. Be, speak to the mountain with that threshing instrument having teeth. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and you will beat it small. Glory to God. Now, that is plenty of witnesses. But I want to show you something really cool. Now, we saw the master himself taught on the power of words and the, signific the significance of saying. I want to show you a couple examples of how he used it. We'll go right back to Mark <clears throat> chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, and we're going to go on down further in the chapter. Let's see. Well, it's the next verse. I mean, we, we stopped at verse 23 for, you know, because he said, previously, this is how it works. This is how it works. Therefore, I say, say. unto you. Now, he didn't say, you, you, you know, if we were saying this today, we would have got done with chapter 23, uh, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Uh, therefore, what things soever you desire when you pray. That's how we would have said it. But not Jesus. Look how, look how conscious he was of words. He didn't just continue the thought. He said, therefore, I say unto you. This is not an isolated instance. Look over at Mark. Back up just a couple chapters to Mark chapter 5. We're going to look at uh, Jairus's situation, um, Mark chapter 5 and verse 40, 40, 41. 41. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole account. You really should. It's <laughs> phenomenal. You got to stop the fear. But anyway, uh, in verse 41, now he's gone to Jairus's house and he's getting ready to release power through faith and words to raise Jairus' daughter up from the dead. He took the damsel, in verse 41 of Mark chapter 5, and he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto you, arise. Now, he could have just said, damsel, arise. No. He is specifically 
on purpose using words. Using them as a tool. As a tool of faith. Damsel, I say unto you, arise. Now, one more. Let's look at this. I mean, they're all through. You need to do a study. Go through and look at how many times Jesus used this example. But right now, we're just going to go over to John chapter 16. Verse 23. What she said. John chapter 16 and verse 23. Go ahead. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Glory to God. I say unto you. It it, it wasn't going to (laughs) happen. Jesus used faith-filled words to create this law. I say unto you. If we'd have been just saying it, we just said, and in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, whatsoever you shall ask in my name. That's how we would have said it. No. He on purpose. He on purpose used his words. Verily, verily, I say unto you. This is the way it's going to (laughs) be. Glory to God. Now, sowing and reaping are vital parts. We're going to be talking about these in upcoming broadcasts. Tithing, sowing, reaping, vital, vital parts of the exemption, the financial exemption that the Lord has prepared for us. But there's things that you say when you sow, things that you say when you tithe. You go before the Lord and you say, I'm sowing this seed. And saying is definitely involved in harvesting. We're going to go into all of this in detail, but you got to have you got to have seed in the ground in order to harvest with your words of faith is the bottom line. <laughs> we'll be going to be looking at that. So right now, you're going to have an opportunity to do just that. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's an exciting day today because we're giving you an opportunity to actually do the word found in Galatians 6 and verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate or partner with unto him that teaches in all good things. That word communicate doesn't only mean partner, but it means to to sow and interact with, get in this thing together. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You know, this is what the women did in Luke chapter 8, the first three verses. It said that Jesus went about all the villages preaching and teaching the word of the living God. And the women who were partnered with him, they sowed into his ministry of their substance. And glory to God, you know, it it goes on here in Galatians 6 to talk about sowing into the things that are spiritual. That's what you do when you sow into the teaching of the word. And you have that opportunity today. Father, we thank you. I'm asking you to reveal to the people exactly what their part is in today's offering. 
I thank you and praise you. We receive it and we sow it deep into the ground of David Weeder Ministries. And we thank you now for their hundredfold return now in this time. Glory to God. Thank you partners and friends for making these broadcasts possible. Contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380. 